0: Hello, everyone. My name is Monica Gleiberman, and you're listening to Silence On Set Podcast. Today, we sat down with the cast of The Boys to talk all things season three. So first up is Eric Kripke and Carl Urban. Eric, one thing I noticed is every single season of The Boys gets crazier and crazier. Do you feel a lot of pressure or do you put pressure on yourself to constantly up the ante to keep fans interested and just keep the chaos coming? I actually
1: don't. Uh, we, we never try to play the game of like topping ourselves because I think, you know, I think it never leads to like a really creatively rich or fertile direction because you're only thinking about steps and, and, and le- and not about the characters. So <clears throat> what I always say in the room is is the mandate is like don't try to go bigger, try to go deeper. And like what's a new aspect of all of these characters that we haven't seen yet, which gets that every season has to get you even closer to the core of who they are. And that's really challenging cuz you got to come up with new you got to keep finding stuff that's even deeper than the thing you did the season before. Um, but if you once you find that, uh, then you say, okay, what's the best way to dramatize that in this insane world that the show takes place in? And then that just kind of inevitably leads to these bananas moments. Um, I really swear to God, don't try to have it be b- bigger. It just kind of, I think the deeper you go into these characters and the more, you know, extreme their emotions are it, it just when you dramatize them, it just results in these like batshit moments.
0: Eric, obviously we were all super excited that Jensen ankles got announced to be playing Soldier Boy. Obviously you guys worked together on Supernatural. Were you holding Soldier Boy for Jensen? Was that always the plan to have him play that character?
1: Uh, how long have I been waiting? About 15 years. And uh, uh, no, I mean, you know, look, obviously uh, uh, I love, Jensen, and I'm um, not sure if you've heard or not, but I worked with him for a minute. Uh, so I just knew, you know, like I, I put Jensen through, when you do that many seasons of a TV show, um, you just, you put him through every possible emotional permutation, you know, and one of the things I love about Jensen is how adept he is at every single thing you throw at him. Um, he can be emotional, he can be scary, he can be funny, he can be charming, he can be sweet, uh and because because of that you it, it it allowed me to put all of those colors into soldier boy um because soldier boy needed to be all of those things and so it, it's fun it's like it takes you like you know it, it always takes you a minute as like the car- the writers and the actors are kind of feeling each other out to really start writing like oh okay i'm like it starts to meld into one beautiful thing Um, And I think that's what we're doing with all the boys' characters right now. So it was nice to have a new character show up and for me to immediately be able to do that instead of having to sort of go through that same process of discovery.
0: And Carl, we talk about going deeper, not bigger. What was it like going deeper into Butcher? You start seeing kind of the character get more and more compared to Homelander, I think, as the season goes on. How much of a threat and danger is that? butcher
2: yeah i i mean in terms of elements about homelander and butcher which have a similarity about them in my opinion the the biggest similarity between them is the fact that they're both driven to uh to destroy each other and they are neither of them are happy with the status quo uh and On that issue alone, I think there is common ground. But fundamentally, they're quite different characters. And, uh, you know, I I think that, you know, yes, you know, Butcher has has done some highly questionable things, um, you know. And obviously, Homelander has too. But, uh, you know, to, to to my mind, I don't even... I don't even see that they're opposite sides of, uh, of the same coin. I think that um, they're really both uh, have so many different wonderful shades with them.
0: Butcher hates soups, obviously, but you're slowly, you know, taking the temp B. So is he becoming something that he's ultimately going to end up hating? Or is he even aware of it as the season goes
2: on? The moral and- dilemma for Butcher this season is, are you willing to turn yourself into the monster in order to defeat the monster? and in Butcher's case the frustration that he feels has become so palpable the danger that he senses in terms of Homelander getting closer to discovering where the location of Ryan um, and his general frustration with the lack of traction that he's getting in taking down the Seven in conventional ways means that he decides to take that step and um, the wonderful thing about the way that it's written is that Butcher is actually quite self-aware along the way. And he has, you know, wonderful uh, conversation with MM where he is pretty you know, candid about that he's under no illusions uh, uh, as to exactly who he is and, and then also has a, a great conversation um, with somebody else uh, where he discusses the nature of power and what it does to people. So I think that... You know, it, it's just, you know, it's very cleverly written and Butcher is 100% aware that he's making a very morally bankrupt choice, um, but uh, he decides to do it anyway and in true um, boys' fashion, when you make the right choice, you get rewarded and when you make the wrong choice, you, you get punished and, you know, every character in the show this season is really kind of faced with a, with a precipice uh, and they have to decide whether they're going to uh, leap or not
0: Eric music has been a huge part of the show musical episode and this will all come out later but musical episode was fantastic um, so I wanted to ask about the um, constant use of Billy Joel and if you have other you know musical things that you plan on doing maybe a musical episode
1: yeah just a, and then I'll talk about the music thing but like one thing that's interesting that that Carl uh, uh, touched on that that um, we all talk about is for as crazy and cynical as the boys is it we we make we take a lot of care to make sure it takes place in a moral universe and and so we'll you can tell who will win or lose the season Based on the decisions they're making, and is it is it a, is it a morally solid decision, or is it a morally bankrupt decision? And you can go through almost every season. You you for sure can go through every season. And when they make the wrong choice, they tend to lose the season. And when they make the right choice, they tend to win it. The Billy Joel came from. I mean, where it really came from was like season one. We really um, you know scored all the needle drops from from butcher's point of view so it was like a lot of punk rock and then season two we thought just to mix it up we would score all the needle drops from huey's point of view and and huey really loves yacht rock that's his thing so billy joel was kind of a perfect indicator and then each billy joel song really represents the emotions that huey's going through that season so it became like this bizarre rock opera of of huey's steps that we really loved and in terms of like the musical number this season Um, you know i'm just a huge fan of hollywood musicals like i love them like they're so brilliantly done and i've just been hungry to get a number in, I don't think we'll be able to do a whole musical episode because the, the boys is just not that stylized of a show. It, it it takes pains to take place in in our version of reality, but to be able to like just completely have a completely candy-colored, innocent sweetness in the middle of our you know bloody little milkshake uh, was just was was a treat, and just you can't watch that. Sequence without a big smile on your face.
2: In time, musical episodes usually happen in season eight or nine when the writers hope are to be
1: long gone completely gone. dried yeah. up
2: of ideas. Yeah, that's and, a wrap around yeah. when
1: Butcher moves to Hawaii and adopts a precocious child, and we're, we're gonna get out of that.
0: Yeah. Not that we want the show to end anytime soon, but Eric, do you have any sort of ending in mind?
1: Yes, we're thinking about it all building towards a thing, but also, um, I was in many interviews saying that Supernatural wraps out at five years. Um, And so, like, there's literally no other person in television history more wrong than the length (laughs) of their show. Literally. Like, this isn't even hyperbole. Like, I'm the most wrong that anyone's ever been about how long a show goes. So I have learned my lesson, and I do not publicly say how long I think this show should go. We'll see how it plays out.
0: Same kind of question. Carl, is there anything that you would like to do with your character before the show comes to an end? Again, hopefully not for many seasons, but anything that you would want your character to do?
2: I, too, have learned my lesson never to articulate any desires about what my character should or shouldn't do in a show. Because (laughs) as soon as an actor articulates it, it will never happen.
1: Or it'll happen in such a horrible way (laughs) that he'll regret... Having ever brought
0: it up. Next up is Anthony Starr and Aaron Morty to talk about their characters, Homelander and Starlight. So this question's for both of you. Basically, Homelander definitely is on the far right, and Starlight's definitely on the far left. But this season they're supposed to show this united front together. What can you tell me about the narrative that the story is trying to tell and basically make a parody over? Oh,
3: interesting. I mean mine's not difficult to figure out, is yeah. it? <laughs> come on you know is there's always been an element of that guy in Mm -hmm. homelander and uh never more so i mean never more so than in season three i mean Mm -hmm. we we literally we're literally taking things that he's said Mm
2: -hmm. and
3: and seeing you know what would happen if i killed someone you know what would happen and uh it's um it's a lot of fun and there's a boardroom scene as well that like directly relates to uh, a sycophant circle that mm-hmm. that we saw on on the telly, and uh, it, it's uh, it, on the one hand, I think it's I, I think it's great that we can sort of parody it and uh, yeah. lovingly poke fun at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, I think it's tragic that there's so much material available at the moment yeah. to satirize and um, and choose for you know we're spoiled for choice uh, at the moment. So as far especially as far as my side is concerned,
4: yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think Starlight comes in and tries to shake things up because things are so mm-hmm. corrupt and so many of the aspects of Vought are so antiquated and sexist and even the feminist press junket they had in the last season was so exhibitive and obligatory. So I think she tries to shake things up. And I think the issue is, you know, again, another parallel which draws from the real world is an antiquated system. How much can you change things get really locked into place and it's so difficult. And she tries her best, but I don't know. I think it reflects a lot of antiquated policies and things going on that we st- that happen today and that we've not evolved according to the times. I'm going to ask some spoiler questions.
0: Arcs, yes, you guys are kind of on the opposite sides, but I don't know if it was related mm. to the world in terms of why it's so okay. Ca- I didn't think that the boys could get any crazier. Mm. And this is like next level crazy. So I wanted to know one, if you felt that that was influenced by, like, the world's events to kind of heighten your characters up?
3: Well, I think, I I actually think in this season, I I agree with you. I think this is, but this is something of an emancipation for Homelander of, like, Mm. you know, similarly, the characters both find their voice in this Uh season and realize that them speaking their truth will will get them what they want Uh in terms of fan base uh, and the recognition and the attention that they want. But uh, Homie's always been basically a, a marketed, packaged, product that's always had his hand held sometimes literally by a mummy figure or someone supporting him or you know and he, he's finally broken free of that and he gets fed up and actually decides to take things on on his own and um you know with that comes uh, a lot more exposure so there's no one cleaning up after or in front of him and mm. and he makes a lot more mess for himself and he has to clean it up he has to deal with it so uh, as to as to the show getting bigger and more expensive, I mean, you. I think it's about on par personally. Yeah. Uh, I think right off the bat, seeing a Huey's girlfriend explode in slow motion as a, a speeding bullet man went through her, um, you know, I think that was a sign of things to come. And I don't think we've really done that much. I don't think we've de- deviated from that course. I just no. think it's. It's more of the same yeah, to me. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, Anthony, for you, um, a lot of your reassurance comes from yourself, like your your own character from a hom- Homelander. So I wanted to know how you play off of that. And then Erin, you get a lot from your support team. So how you play off of that to get your
4: strengths for each other. I think the strength that she's found has kind of been an in- intrinsic thing. I think it's been intrinsically motivated through... Um, what she's been through and what she's learned from and the grit she's developed. I think this support team, I think we might see more of, and I think it might be a source of support and validation for her and help her in her effort to expose Vought. But I do think that, that her, her growing strength this season, confidence, et cetera, her voice, um, and her ultimate decision to be honest is is an intrinsically motivated evolution that's just been developed over the past couple of seasons and as a result of integrated lessons. Also for the both of you, obviously
0: everyone's going to be talking about Herogasm. So what was it like filming that episode?
4: Yeah, it was a lot of time spent in a space in a house full of naked people simulating various types of sex. Um... And in a house filled with sex toys and sex swings. And I learned a lot about different things and I saw a lot of things I can't unsee, but I actually, I knew it was going to be insane. So I just embraced it and laughed a lot and just kind of had a fun time. But on the fifth day, I, I I had filled my quota of naked bodies for the week. Um, and, uh, I will not be joining nudist colonies, a nudist colony anytime soon, because that's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot. Anthony, it
0: felt like Homelander when he was shouting out about how safe it is to go outside and it's safe to go to rallies, it's almost like a surrogate for going outside and living your life during COVID. What was it like filming that scene and kind of dealing with the parallels of what's going on in the real world versus kind of what he's saying on television
3: the irony wasn't lost uh, mm-hmm. we were in the longest lockdown in human history up in mm-hmm. toronto so so it didn't it didn't go unnoticed uh, saying mm-hmm. one thing doing another in real life but look, like, i mean what it, my guy yeah. is uh he's never really doing the right thing is he he's always doing mm-hmm. the wrong thing I, I never i mean according to himself it's always the right thing there's very few people or, uh, or characters actually mm-hmm. that do anything um, because they think it's the wrong thing is, you know, they, they, they're they doing what they believe is the right thing. So so it's always fun to, to say and do the stupid things that he says and does. Mm-hmm.
0: And next up to talk about their characters is Chase Crawford, who plays the Deep, and Claudia Dormant, who plays Victoria. So this is kind of for both of you. The characters go through a ton of development throughout the series, for deep it's kind of like redemption and for Vicky it's kind of like the love of her daughter. What can you tell us about their mentality throughout the season?
5: I think Newman's very much a character uh, that is uh, kind of very strategic and duplicitous and manip- manipulative and I like to think of it as she's always playing chess. But she's definitely thrown into some situations this season where she cannot really plan for it the way and she would the way that she would want to. She has to make some desperate sacrifices that cost her and they Sure, they benefit her in the moment, but I think she knows that they have dire consequences down the road.
6: So. Yeah, I mean, the deeps just—you uh, know—he wants. He's just drinking uh, lava flows up in <laughs> up in the hotel bar, and uh, you know, sand. So anything is better than like the Masonic lodge that he's been like staying in for the, with his like uh, uh, Church of the Collective thing, but. Uh, but he's great. He's he's got a more open mind, you know. I think he's like. I think he feels like he's ready. Like he wants to be sorry, but he's only. He doesn't understand. He's so unself aware. He's just doing it to sort of, you know, get you know get get out of the way and like try and like see guys. Like I'm 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 good, right? I'm sorry, right? So he's like trying to be sorry just to to get back in people's good graces, get back in the seven and be like on the A team again. You know what I mean? And back with kind of under Homelander's wing, and he's willing to. Literally do anything to to, to to maintain that and get back there.
0: Kind of similar, but building on that, first of all, Chase, they put you through the ringer on the show. They did. They, <laughs> you. they yeah, put you through yeah. the ringer. So, I feel
5: bad for the deep. Yeah. My
0: question is, for both of you, do you feel a little bit of redemption or maybe non-redemption? Because, Claudia, you're learning that you were blowing people's heads up last season. And then for Chase, you know, for your character, for the deep, With the, you know, self-acceptance of his body, which we haven't touched too much on this season, but also... With, you know, all the things that he's going through and then obviously having relations with the mammals and
5: things like that. She's actually just going further, further into the yeah, belly of right, the beast. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's, <laughs> that's it's kind of felt like her initiation into that, yeah, yeah, into yeah. those morally gray decisions this season. Um, but we'll see what happens after that. Right, I mean, I don't
6: think the deep can be really redeemed either. I mean, I, I think Kripke, we talk about that, but... Uh, I think in his mind, he can. I think he's sort of, or someone else, his wife has um, yeah. engineered like the the like the, the memoir book promotional tour as sort of like you know to to sort of like Trojan horse his like redemption tour and like be like I'm sorry, right? And like you know I want to be back. Like I'm good, right? We're all good. So I think I think she see you know she's like a bit of an opportunist that's trying to use that to sort of get him back in there and like shove him back in there so she, so they can all benefit. Uh, and really, he just wants, like, validation. He just wants to be, like, back with the guys and girls and, like, hang out and be accepted. You know, have that, like, be validated again by by being back there. And, uh, and that's where he's at. Yeah, and he's super desperate to stay there.
0: Chase, what was it like to film the Herogasm episode? And for Claudia, as a relative newcomer to the series, what shocked you the most about the season?
5: I mean... The gore I'm okay with. I'm oddly used to having um, fake blood shot at me at work now. So we're all good there. Um, (laughs) But for this season, watching it, because we got to watch it in Paris on a big screen a week ago. With
6: fans.
0: With fans,
5: which was amazing. But... The first fifteen minutes of this sh- of yep. episode one is probably the answer I'm going to give here,
6: <laughs> and I
5: I think that's a great answer. And
6: I agree with that answer. Yeah, I think that was probably the most insane thing of, of anything. Like of any of the moments, which there are a plenty. They, uh, they start yeah. with a bang. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, Very large,
5: right out the gate.
6: Yeah, right the down the, eye, the barrel. Right
5: down the, the barrel. <laughs> the that's yeah. the belly of the beast. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Oh, man. But but I know you guys about about hero gasm. I mean, fortunately, I didn't have to, I wasn't thrown into, you know, too much of that. I mean, I had my own, my own little thing, but I did have to shoot a few of the things at the top. And I remember just working with two of the actors. And then, and then it was like in the morning time. Anyway, I remember walking through and seeing like, the detritus of like what had been going on, like all this shit. I'm like, what? He's like what?
5: you came off a motor scene. What
6: is this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> just things are shiny and like there's like liquid and smoke and it's like oh god. But I did I did have to shoot the scene that we shot uh with with, with Starlight in the aquarium room. And I like, I think the first take I was like trying to do it, and I was like, whoa, it was like I I I completely stopped. And I realized like they had a slice of a background window in a pool. And there was just a bunch of naked people in there, like as background in our, in my scene, but I didn't realize I was like, holy shit, like what do we what what is that? And then I was like, okay, we got to reset. I was cracking up, and then we then I realized what we were doing. We 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 kept it going. But I guess Jensen and Jack had had a lot of a lot of fun stories there.
5: Yeah. I just so, heard a lot of periphery stuff. There was yeah, just like a lot of exactly. mystique around that episode. Everyone was <laughs> like, oh my God, have you been to Herogasm? Like, <laughs> yeah. every, it was like, oh, it was like on, a yeah. fucked up Disneyland. I was <laughs> like, I want to go,
0: what's happening? <laughs> yeah.
5: <a little> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and again, for both of you, your characters are between a fine line between good and bad. But Chase, a lot of times your character often gives us a lot of comic relief. Yet you both make us feel very sympathetic for your characters at times. Is that something difficult when you're reading a script to
5: prepare for? I mean, I think it's really easy to, to say the word villain in places or like bad or good and I I think these characters I'm I'm just always weary of of saying that because Right. They life isn't
6: like that or the world's not. No, really like
5: that and that. and these are people and they're going through many different things.
6: But the show and the writing, I feel like it's it's in there like they allow us to do these really interesting weird things. I mean, for me, like one of the things in season one at the end, you know, we sort of Eric calls it the Brittany moment where he like is drunk and breaks down and (laughs) shaves his head. Like it is such a weird thing, but you see, and as an audience, he's by himself, he's by himself. You see this like kind of breakdown moment. which is really interesting because that's kind of how he really, really is. And he sort of sheds that, that veneer, but he's also, you know, just very deeply. I keep keep doing it deeply insecure and, and, and it needs to be validated. So, yeah. So can you be both of those things? Can you be, an asshole, like he uh, and, and assault someone, like he did in, in one episode, but also yeah. try and save a dolphin and like have like a weird romantic relationship with C- yeah. It's like so bizarre and like they deal with the tonal shifts so well, but uh, I don't really think you know it's all gray. Is-
0: Thank you guys so much for everything. We really appreciate it. Love the show. Looking forward to everyone seeing it. And just congratulations on season three. Make sure you guys stay tuned because we have more to come, including a bonus podcast with more content from the cast of the boys. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Stay tuned to our Twitter account and look out soon because we'll also be releasing video from our interviews. Thank you guys so much. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>